Amen. Thank you, Marty. And Marty will be back in the uh, left-hand side in the cafe uh, after the service as well. If you have any questions or you want to talk to one of the elders out, he'll be hanging out back there uh, as well. But I'm really excited about this volunteer drive thing. Uh, I think it's, it's a, great, um, a great option or a great uh, thing to just highlight some of all the volunteers it really takes to, to make the ministries of GPC work. And I think it's like 380 positions and when you have a church at you know, regular attendance around the 250, 260, and you have 380 positions, it's pretty amazing what all happens. And I'm just excited to be able to highlight these. Each Sunday during July, we'll be highlighting a different thing and just to, to drum up support for that and encourage that, uh, all the volunteers that make things happen. So I'm, I'm kind of on the, on the fence here as far as whether we, we actually reach the goal or not. You know, on the one hand, yeah, excited about the opportunity for people to, you know, be involved in the, the volunteers that are leading other volunteers, that they have everything they need. They have the staff, uh, they, have, uh, they have the budget that they need, uh, they have everything they need. We want that, but on the other hand, you know, the Christmas carol thing, I'm really not that excited about. But, you know, hey, we'll, we'll jump in and we'll go with this thing. Uh, but I do, I do enjoy um, getting gifts, like who doesn't, as a kid especially. And I know, Kevin, you, you definitely do. And you're probably wondering, hey, we got a gift here. But anyway, um, enjoy getting gifts. And there was always one gift, especially in my junior high years, there was always one gift that my parents could get, my grandparents could get, anyone could get me, and there was a guaranteed, knock, you know, home run, out of the park kind of thing. No matter what you got, you know, you got me that gift, I'm going to be happy, you, you hit it, you hit it. So I went out and bought myself a gift this week. And so we'll open in true junior high, you know, thing, there we go. And um, yes, model car kit that you can put together. Anybody ever do any of these? Okay, all right. I was worried with my age. I actually went to buy one. I couldn't find it. It's like, you know, everything is, yeah, anyway. But anyway, uh, got, got the gift here. But yeah, this, you couldn't go wrong. It could be a plane. It could be a boat. It didn't matter what it was. If it had a bunch of pieces, and it, I was just excited to be able to put something in, and had grand visions of, of me creating this car here, and, and just, oh, it's going to be great. And, you know, you read all the things. First thing you check out is, okay, age 14 and up. Yeah, I'm good. They didn't get me a kitty one, so I'm, I'm good there. All right, you know, and yeah, let's look at seven hours to seven or more. Yeah, it's not going to take that long. Um, and so, you know, excited about the gift. But one thing you always had to be cautious of is if it came from grandma, you, you knew that either she talked to mom and dad and knew what to get you, or better yet, mom and dad bought it and they just gave them money kind of thing, or they repurposed the box. And you had to be careful sometimes if it was repurposed, you know, that, that other stuff, <laughs> Christmas stuff came. But anyway, we're in luck, not going on today. So we have this dream, and I've had this you know, vision, okay, this is what I'm going to create, it's going to be awesome. And then I, lo I look in the box, and okay, well, well, we have, uh, okay, we have the car, well, that's the body, definitely. Uh, Looks like we're going to need a little bit of paint, maybe, and some other things there, but you, know, you have that. Um, decals, good, good. I don't have to paint everything myself, but if any of you that put these together know the real story of how hard it is to put these things on, so we're going to get rid of them. We're not going to use them. Um, and then you, you have all these pieces that aren't even the right color, 
um, that need, need to, to go together somehow that I'm, I'm trusting that whoever put it together that that actually does become what, what I'm wanting, um, but I'm not sure. And then, and then there's usually, uh, I don't know, some paper in here. I'm not sure what it was. I never really used it. Uh, I think it's like a choking hazard. Um, guess for kids like that, you don't really need that. Um, so what I would do is begin to put together my, my car, you know? I mean, and it, it never really seemed to turn out too well for some reason. Um, patience would have been a big, big reason. Um, once in a while, I would look at directions, but it's just kind of get a general idea, okay, engine this first, you know, kind of general gist of things, and then I, I got it, I know where I'm going, kind of thing, and then I'd run into problems, and the wrong thing was glued to the wrong place, and you know, all these issues that, that happen when you're building this. And so, sometimes when I tried on my own, most of the times, it, it just didn't quite end up, the pieces didn't quite line up with what I, my ideal, what I wanted. Unfortunately, as an adult, this hasn't changed for me. Uh, now it's called Ikea, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm a cabinet maker. I built complex cabinetry out of trees. I can put a bookshelf together without directions, right? No, no, there's always like three parts extra that I'm not sure that you really needed them. But, or that, oh yeah, part A, I guess is important, that's probably at the beginning, and I probably should have put that in there and didn't, and so I had to tear everything out in part that I did for the last two hours. You know, screwdriver, no, come on, power drill, right guys? Who uses a screwdriver on that? Strip it out, should have used a screwdriver. Anyway, um, you guys feel me? You know where I'm at. But sometimes, even when we know what we want, even if we have the picture, when we, when we take the pieces and look at really what we have to work with, sometimes there's this disconnect. Sometimes there's a space, and we need, we, we need the directions in the middle for how to go from here to here. And sometimes those directions aren't very clear. And that creates a tension in us. And, and we see that in anything, in, in more serious things of like our career. It's like, I want to be here. But then I look at my life and I look where I'm at in my career now and I'm like, man, how, how do I get from there to here? I might, I might look at a, a marriage and say, man, I want this great, perfect marriage and this awesome marriage and, and, and like so-and-so has and you know, I want to be like them when I'm 80 and 90 and all cute and holding hands still and all that. And, and, yet, and then I look at the pieces of my life and I'm like, or, and my spouse and I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I don't see it. There's a disconnect. How do I get from here to here? And it might be even in building your family. You're like, you know, I, you know we're going to have kids. I'm going to be the best dad. I'm going to be so awesome. I want to just have such a godly influence and just really teach my kids well. And, and that's what we're going to do. And they're going to be perfect kids. And then, and then what happens is this thing comes out. And it's like purple. And it's not, it doesn't look like the babies on TV. It's just like, what is this thing? And they're just these big eyes just looking up at you. And it's like, okay, what in the world? How do I go from this to my ideal? And sometimes we're missing those instructions in the middle. We have big ideals and where we want to be, but we look at where we are in our life and we're not sure how to get there. Last week we talked a little bit about treasures and where our treasures are. And, and I think some of you might have left feeling a little bit this way, of this sense of like, yeah, I'm in. We looked at Jesus' teaching and what he was saying is, all right, I, I want you to store up treasures in heaven, 
and not on earth, and really started creating this divide between the two. It's not both. It's either you're going one way or you're going the other. Either you're storing up treasures on earth or you're storing treasures in heaven, and this divide, either you're serving God or you're serving money, which are your dependency or things that you can control and your selfishness or you're serving God. One of those two. It's one or the other. And then he gives this challenge of where your, your treasure is, That's where your heart is. And just the importance of knowing and being honest and intentional about what we treasure and what we value and how great of a value we put into that. Because that's what then our heart naturally gravitates towards. And I don't know about you, but there's there's times where I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Sure. That's great. That's a great ideal. That's great. Treasures in heaven. Seek. Yep, sure. Serve God or money? Yeah, I'll pick God. But then I look at my life and I'm like, how do, I, how, do I, how do I get from the messiness, the brokenness of my life to, to that over there? And so that's where we want to go this morning a little bit. We want to continue in Jesus' teaching. And it's in Matthew 6 is where we're going to be jumping in. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew 6. It's about two-thirds away through the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you're visiting with us, you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the, in the bench in front of you. You can go ahead and grab that. We're going to, Matthew 6, we're going to jump in at 25, verse 25, and go to the rest of the chapter. And we're going to look at this. Okay, how do we do this? How do we move from pieces to treasuring, um, putting treasures in heaven? So verse 25, therefore, now, you have to stop right there. We're going to go one word at a time. It's going to be a three-hour sermon. We're okay. Therefore, anytime you see therefore, and you've probably, if you've been in church, you've heard this probably before, but anytime you see therefore in the Scripture, that's a key word. Always look at why it is therefore. Right? You probably have heard that little catchy little phrase. But yes, anytime you see therefore, you have to read above it because it's saying because of what's above now this is true. And last week is what we talked about. What above is above is this idea of storing treasures. You can't serve God and money. It's one or the other. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor nor spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For pagans run, run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And our key verse, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, there's again again, because he, the, our heavenly Father knows what we need, and will give us what we need. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of his own. And I think everyone can probably say amen to that. But anyway, yes. So there's the answer. There it is. It's just that simple, guys. So don't worry. 
Seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and everything will be added to you. Cue up the band. We're done. Right? Early dismissal. Yes! Soccer game's on. But, you know, I mean, okay, Greg, that's, that's great, but, but how do we do that? How do I seek first His kingdom? What, is that, what does that look like in a tangible, my world life? How do I seek first His kingdom? And to kind of look into that, let's, let's, let's break down that word kingdom a little bit this morning. And a kingdom simply is just a territory or an area that is ruled by a king. Fairly simple definition. A kingdom is a territory or an area that is ruled by a king. So even in Jesus, when he was right before this, he was saying your, the, the prayer, he was saying, okay, our Heavenly Father, which art in heaven, this is how you should pray, our Heavenly Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this idea of this king reigning over his kingdom, a king would you know, reign and rule, a king has ultimate authority over a territory or an area, a king provides for his people, uh, in that area because, you know, economic growth and all that kind of thing. So this kingdom, to, to say, we want to seek first your kingdom. So what are we saying? We're saying seek first his rule, his reign, his authority, his provision. Seek those things from God first, and all these things will be added unto you. To not focus on the stuff on the things, but focusing on, okay, in, in whatever it is, in, in business or in, in my marriage, whatever area it is, God, I want you to be king of this area. I want to seek first your kingdom in whatever area you're struggling with here this morning in seeing God move. Say, so God, I want your kingdom. I want, I want your rule. I want your authority. What you say goes. I want your reign, Lord. I need your provision in this area. I'm under your kingship, Lord. I want to seek first your kingdom. And the more, and actually to, to not just seek it, but to hold that in the greatest amount of value that we can ever hold for something. That, that it's not, it's a treasure. That's why the, Jesus uses the word treasures. It's something that we're just seeing of great value. And the more value that we see in that treasure, the more our hearts will gravitate towards that. The more our actions will gravitate naturally towards that because our heart, we see greater value in where that treasure is than in that other stuff that's around our lives. So one way for us to look at, okay, well, how do I go from here to here is to really look at our actions. Jesus talks in other places about the fruit, about how, how as Christians we're supposed to be connected to the vine. He is the vine. You know, we are the branches. I think there's a song maybe. But anyway, um, there's this whole thing about that our job is to be connected to the vine and the fruit will come. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Those things will come. And so we, sometimes we can look at our actions and that can help us determine if, are we on the right direction towards seeking first His kingdom? Are we, the things that we're doing, the pieces of our life, even how messy or broken they are, uh, is our attitude, are they moving us in a direction that is towards His kingdom, His ways, His reign, His authority, trusting in His provisions? 
They used to say one way to, to, to know what a person really cares about is to look at their um, checking ledger, checking book ledger. Now, I realize this whole section has no idea what that is, um, but believe it or not, way back in the day, we wrote checks to pay for things like bills and stuff, and you put them in an envelope and a mail and stamp and all that kind of stuff. It was amazing. And you actually had to write and keep your own ledger to see how much, if you still had money left or not, was the idea, because the bank would only send you a statement like once a month. It's unreal how to, it was, yeah, it was barbaric situations we grew up in. But yeah, so we had, you know, the, one of the ways to, to, for us to, to see where our treasures are is to look at your statement, your bank statement. Go back over the last three months and kind of see, okay, where's my money going? What's that telling me about my heart? Step outside of it and look and see where my money is going. Because where our treasure is, there our heart is and there our action goes. Another way is a calendar. Look through your calendar. We're all busy. Everybody's busy. Most everybody's busy. But we make time for what's important for us. And so look back through your calendar. Look back through and say, okay, if I could step out of this and look at this, what would I judge? How would I see this person? Are they living for kingdom things? Are they living for selfish things? What are the, you know, what is, you know, if I'm just looking at these things, this fruit, so to speak. Another way is your, uh, your internet browser history. Look through that. Go through your history section and see, and you might see, okay, these are the things I naturally kind of gravitate towards. Are they things that are moving me towards his kingdom or towards my dependency and my stuff? Your thoughts. We talked last week about that thing called free thought. Those ideas of what do you naturally just start thinking towards? And are they the things of the kingdom? Are they God's reign and his provision and his rule? Are they things of my selfishness and my desires? Um, and we can see these things develop. This morning, I would like to um, go over a handout, the, a resource that I think has been very helpful to me, and I hope it's very helpful to you, and I actually want to spend some, some time on this with you. In the, the, center row, the center of your benches is a manila folder. Go ahead and pull that out. There should be like six half sheets of paper. Go ahead and pull them and pass them down, share um, throughout, and so you, anyone can at least take a look at it. There are extra copies back in the Welcome Center. Um, or if you want to email me, I can send you one too. But let's, um, if, if anyone can, we're going to start, there's two sides. The one is the core values, and the other one is called the heart of discipleship. And we want to start there with the heart of discipleship. And I'm not going to go through all of these, uh, but I do, I definitely, definitely want to spend some time looking at this with you, and rather than just saying, hey, go home and do this. And I kind of want to walk through some of these things with you, because I think this can be a valuable mirror that we can hold up to our lives and kind of say, okay, where am I? This, this, these lists, this list is not like all-inclusive. It's not like, okay, I want to definitely make sure you know that it's not a, a legalistic way of saying, okay, well, do these things and you're fine. It's more of a mirror and a reflection to say, okay, the things that I'm chasing after, are they producing these things? And if not, why? Or are there certain things that maybe I need to step into a little bit more in order to move from the pieces to my seeking first his kingdom and treasuring him? So let's look at the heart of discipleship just a little bit here. We're going to start habits. I want to spend some time on that and activity, uh, relationships especially. But yeah, participating. What are, we do what are you doing? Are you engaged in activities, the church activities, godly things around you? Are you just showing up? Are you actually engaged in participating? Journaling, great thing, um, based especially to see God's hand in the past. Solitude, 
we're all busy. Do we have time? Do we find ourselves taking time to step back and seeing God and allowing Him to speak? Giving, huge one here, as far as if you want to know where your heart is, if it's after your dependency or if it's after things of God, giving is a huge one. Am I giving to the church because it's like, well, I feel like I need to, or I'm giving with, okay, well, I want things my way, and I'll give more if it goes more my way, you know, or is it, hey, I trust you, God, you gave me, given me everything, and Lord, I just want to give back, and I just want to give wholeheartedly and joyfully to you. That's a huge one to check out where your heart is um, in relation to moving towards the kingdom of God. Praying, our prayers, are they selfish? Are they, hey, give me this, give me that, give me this. I only pray when I'm in trouble kind of thing. Or is it just, God, I want you glorified in this situation. Reading the Bible, knowing his ways, huge. Fasting, you know, am I willing to set aside food to, to push after him? Confessing is a huge one as well. Do I have environments in my life where I can confess, where I can be real, where I can be vulnerable? with other people in a safe place? Do I have those? Sharing your faith. If we're chasing after the things of God and, and He's first and He's seeking first His kingdom, those things will naturally come. It's not like, oh, I need to go out and share my faith. No, it's part of who I am. I'm excited about what God is doing in my life, all the messiness and what He's taking me to. It's making beautiful things out of brokenness. And it's just a natural expression of sharing our faith. We look at experiences. Basically, I'm not going to go through this list, but basically, wherever you are at right now, are you living intentionally? Are you seeing how God is using whatever situation, parenting, career, wherever you're at, singleness, it doesn't matter, wherever you're at, are you seeing it as God shaping you into something and molding you into something beautiful, taking your brokenness and taking you into something uh, there? Activities, volunteering, hey, volunteer drive. Not only here, but also in our community. Are you sitting on boards, coaching sports, those kind of things, awesome things. Uh, missions trips, you know, DR is back, awesome time there, life-changing there. We'll hear more from them later. Are we stepping into leading teams and not just, oh, well, things should do better or things should do, you know, but are we set, stepping into uh, creating things as well? Uh, let's go over to relationships. This one is, is huge, guys. This one is... Um, I'm finding this one to be really impactful for how I view the church. All these groups are really what the church is. When we say church, it's these groups. You have a large group, it's what you're doing here. Are you coming here? Well, obviously you are, so you can kind of check that one off. Uh, if you're listening online, okay, we'll see. But anyway, um, you know, you're, you're here, so you're involved in that. The medium-sized groups... 30 to 40 people, it's good to be part of that. We offer the 9 o'clock hour here. But that, that time that we can spend together in that atmosphere is very important. Small groups, um, and not necessarily like formalized small groups, but do you have a group of people, six to eight people, who are kind of the same life stage with you or maybe a life stage that you want to be at? And, and are you able to live life together? Do, do you have six or eight people that, that know you? that know that what, what you're going through at work this week or what you're going through with your kids, uh, that they can kind of live life together? Do you have that group? And then also the influential friendships. Do you have two or three people in your life that know you inside and out, other than your spouse, that, that are honest with you, that are able to say, hey, you know what, Greg, I know I can sense something's going on. Let's talk. Let's grab breakfast. Let's get together. And, and you're able, because it's a safe environment, do you have that? 
it, the having the balance of all four of these is I'm finding to be tremendously important in our discipleship, how we grow. If you're out of balance, if you're missing one or two of these, when life comes and struggles come, you're going you're gonna to feel like something's missing and you're not going to be able to put your finger on it probably. And you're going to probably even say, well, the church has failed me. I don't even know what they should have done, but the church failed me. They, they didn't do what they, I don't know what they should have done, but they, you know, the church failed me. But I find that people that are involved in all four of these things rarely will say that and really will say, man, the church has been great for me because I have these different levels of relationships. So extremely important. I encourage you maybe to circle that one, star that one, and put three hours beside it. Spend some time looking at your heart there in that relationships. And also teaching, obviously, large group, medium group, small group, personal uh, podcasts, all that kind of stuff. There's so many ways, so many values that we can get by teaching. Also, the best way to learn something is to teach others. And are we teaching others? On the back side, quickly, we'll go over the core values. These are the core values of our church. Uh, you'll find these on a statement uh, on our website. But basically, I just turned them from the we as we as a body to I and the, made it a little more personal. And the, the challenges there, the questions are there. And I, you know, I, number one, I live fearlessly. I forgive generously. I speak open. I reject the culture of sin management, embrace confession, honesty, and grace in relationship with others. Am I stepping into my fears and living honestly before others? Kind of back to that confessing and also relationships that you found in the heart. Number two, I serve my neighbor with abandon. I pour my energy into sacrificial and strategic service for the common good of those who live next door and around the world. Who, where, and how am I serving? We need to be intentional in stepping out, moving into that. I talked a little bit about that last week as far as who is our neighbor. And, and for me, it's becoming the people I ride motorcycle with because we enjoy spending time together anyway, and they're kind of becoming my neighbors uh, kind of thing. Uh, number three, I believe I am transformed spiritually when I embrace challenges. Faith is exercised when failure is possible. I hate sideways momentum. I'm either growing or dying. How is my faith transforming me? I'm either growing or dying. I'm either going towards things of this earth, treasures of this earth, or treasures in heaven. One of the two. My faith is transforming me. Ministry always comes before money. If God wants me to do it, I will step out in faith. Who do I trust? And what do I value? There again, this idea of money and giving, it's a huge heart thing to look at when we're trying to see if we're moving in the right direction. Number five, the fullness of God beats the brokenness of man any day. The life of God is more fulfilling than money, sex, power, reputation, or anything else I can chase. What do my desires tell me about the heart? my heart? Here's this thing again too. The more we desire and treasure things of heaven, the more we seek for first his kingdom, the more the other stuff just doesn't matter. We see that it gets devalued and gets in the proper place. Number six, at the beginning, middle, and end of the day, God is in charge, and what he wants goes. The Bible reveals God's clearest desires. When what I want conflicts with what God wants, he wins. Question, how much authority am I willing to give God and his word in my life? This idea of God, I want, you to, I want to seek first your kingdom, your reign, your rule, your provisions in this area in my life. I want to seek after that. That's kind of what that's getting out there. Number seven, I aim for joyful, creative engagement environments for hearts to be captured by the life of Jesus. My family, vocation, hobbies are intentional. Is the environment I'm helping to create engaging? 
this idea that we all are influencers. We all have groups of people, whether it be a couple people at work or whether it be a large group of people, it doesn't matter. We all, it could be your family, it could be just your spouse, it could be your friends. We have the opportunity to create engaging encounters that lead people closer to Christ. So my hope is that you guys are able to use this resource as a mirror, a way to kind of look at your life and, and say, okay, yeah, am I seeking, as I look at the pieces of my life, is this, you know, and I go through these questions, is it, is it leading me towards, yeah, I am seeking first His kingdom, His reign, His authority in my life. I'm seeking those things, and I'm heading in the right direction. Or maybe it's a challenge that, no, you know what, I'm not. And we can always turn and continue to seek first His kingdom, His authority, His reign, His rule, his provision in our lives. And guys, I, I, I want to be, to be honest with you here this morning. Other mornings, I don't really need to be honest. This morning, you're lucky, hit a good one. No. But anyway, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself more over here right now. I am. I, I thought I had ideal of where my life was going. I thought I had some you know, clarity and that kind of stuff. I thought I knew what God was creating in me or, or preparing, and then and, and life isn't going that way. And I'm, I'm looking more at my pieces, and I'm saying, what in the world is going on? Because this is not lining up with what I thought was going there. And, and I think I can resonate with a lot of you that feel that way. That, yeah, it's great. I, I, oh, man, I want to be a kingdom follower. I want to seek first his kingdom. But, man, I got stuff. I got life that just doesn't seem to be quite lining up. And I just want to encourage you this morning to let's walk together in this. That's what the church is about. Large groups, small groups, middle groups, you know, influential friendships, all those things. Let's walk together in this. And, and, and I think when we're together in this, we can see how God has taken this brokenness of our life and he is shaping things and making th beautiful, even more beautiful things than we've ever imagined. And I want to encourage you with that this morning, that he is working and he is shaping us into a, a better thing than what we could even imagine. So I, I want to encourage you to be intentional and to be honest with yourself about, about what you treasure, about what you say you think you treasure, one thing to say it, but your actions are going to show another thing. Your fruit is going to show another thing. And to take, a, take some time this week to kind of wrestle through those two resources that I gave you this morning and kind of say, okay, yeah, God, am I heading in the right direction? Am I moving from pieces to your kingdom, seeking first your kingdom, your reign, your authority, your rule in my life here and now? Let us pray. Dearly Father, thank you for today and thank you for this opportunity to gather in your name. And Lord, just to, to be reminded again that you are a God who, who rules and reigns and that you do provide for us uh, in greater ways than what we ever can imagine. I thank you for being a God who, who is so worthy of, of being valued and treasured among anything else. And, and it, give us that passion, Lord, first to see that, to see you as a treasure. And Lord, to go hard after you, to, to get to the point where for knowing you, seeking first your kingdom in our lives, seeking you as a, as a treasure and a treasure in heaven and seeking and rushing after those things, that really that, that goes above anything else and we'll, we'll let the other stuff just be stuff. 
And Lord, we'll focus our eyes and turn our eyes onto knowing You and only You and trusting in You, having faith in You, trusting Your ruling, trusting Your authority, trusting that You are a God who knows so much more. Thoughts are higher than our thoughts, ways higher than our ways, who can take our brokenness, our ugly brokenness, and turn it into beautiful things, Lord. But Lord, that that knowing You becomes our first and our greatest priority in life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.